welcome to Wallabies and Wizards. This is your host, Light the Light Fingered Thief, and here I'm joined by Logar. Hello, I am Logar the Barbarian. And Logar the Librarian, perhaps? Oh, the Librarian again. So we're gonna, uh, we decided we'd keep on talking about our personal appendix in for a bit since there's so many books. And, and I don't know if we're even creating an appendix in. I think we're just going down a rabbit hole of books that influenced us as kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, I've tried to start very young, um, kind of when and and I, and I avoided the picture books. You know, I, I read some picture books coming up when I was younger, the Big Red Fire tr- Fire Engine book and stuff. Like uh, that. Uh, like, <laughs> when you say picture books, though, I mean, like comic books, we still read as adults. Right? Oh yeah, so, yeah, so, you're so, right. So, so those are picture books too, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess they are. The picture books. Yeah, the picture books. I mean, you know, I'm gonna stop by the comic book store hopefully later on today, right? Get some comics. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> now that Earthsea book that I picked up, the Omnibus. I've been reading yep. through is uh has got illustrations throughout it and that's something i miss in a lot of books these days is having the random illustration to look at when i'm flipping through i i really appreciate that it's a cool yeah. thing it's good to have both text and some visuals right yep last episode we talked a little bit about like more fantasy science fiction realm this time you want to talk about some of the well, uh I think I'm, I'd like to talk about because uh, some horror stuff, but I don't think I want to limit it to that because I don't think I'm the greatest of horror up red and horror. Uh, when I was in junior high, my my reading taste started to change a bit because I was I was reading some Oz and stuff like that, and a lot of the mysteries and sci-fi. Sci-fi was a constant throughout the year. Sure. But in junior high, I did start getting into the horror. And I would have been in school. Junior high was in the 80s. And those those scary story books were out with the really uh, creepy images. And I started reading those. And that led me and my buddy to, like, want to find horror books and stuff. But our school library was very limited in what it had. And, and we started there. But I also lived right by the, the library library. So I had a wider array of things to choose from. And junior high was where I got into two authors specifically. The so first which, was Which Poe. two authors? Oh, Edgar, was the first. Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. And we got into, me and my buddy got really into reading Poe, and he'd be like, oh, you got to read this one. There's a gorilla, and it stuffs a lady into the chimney, and he tells me about it, and I go out and get it. And we got really into Poe. We were reading some of those scary stories. Sometimes we'd get together at, like, little sleepovers, and we'd read each other's scary stories. <laughs> Now, Edgar Allan Poe, didn't he do mostly short stories with only a couple of novels then? Yeah, I don't know if he did any full novels or not. I'm not that knowledgeable. Mm. I do have the collected Poe, if they did yeah. novellas. Uh, uh, and then the other one I started getting into later in junior high was Lovecraft. Yeah, Lovecraft was mine. And then um, Stephen King, Clive Barker, you know, all during See, the 80s. I got into Clive Barker and probably after the after junior high, more into high school. I never really got into Stephen King. I picked up one of his books once and read it and didn't. At the time, I was not a fan of the story I read, and I never really picked any more up. I do really like Stephen King films, but I've never read any of his books. Oh, I mean, his books are pretty easy to read. I mean, they're not very dense, not like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Frank Herbert's Dune or anything like that. So oh, yeah, that's they're an easy read, but you know, let's talk about Lovecraft a little bit because obviously there's Lovecraft and there's Robert E. Howard, right? So you can't Robert forget Robert E. Howard, yeah. You can't, you can't forget about Robert E. Howard as well. Well, I've been kind of dabbling through this uh, lineage-wise of when I discovered, kind of like trying to rack my brain, like what did I discover when and where did I get into it? So this is more of a personal journey of how I discovered those. I have to admit, the first time I read Robert E. Howard 
Ooh, when did we start Hyperborea? Um, back in nineteen. Yeah, so it was it it was it was not too much before we started Hyperborea. I started picking up some of his old books, and then eventually, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, I picked up that complete collection anthology of all the Conan stories. So the first I read of Howard was literally within the last probably four or five years. Oh, okay. I, I, so that was, I like Howard a lot, but on my personal journey of reading, I didn't even pick his stuff up till much later. <laughs> okay. Now we do <laughs> acknowledge that uh, Robert E. Howard was a flaming racist. I mean, he, he was a total <laughs> racist. Um, H.P. Lovecraft also had yeah, Lovecraft issues. had a bunch of issues. Had a bunch of issues as well, too. So we do acknowledge that those writers are racist and had issues. Robert, was it Lumley who did the uh, sort of Lovecraftian type of weird vampire-ish type mythos books like Necroscope so, and stuff like that? Lumley did. He also did a bunch of other stuff. Um, like I forget what's called Worms Below the Earth. I gotta and look now. I, I bought uh, like the the a bunch of those those Necroscope books in high school on paperback because picking up paperbacks for cheap left and right, dime store novels, all that kind of thing. I can't say I ever actually finished one of them. <laughs> so I couldn't put that in my appendix in. But it's always been one of right. those things I wanted to go back and revisit and kind of check back out. Lovecraft, I will say that The Shadow Over Innsmouth, when I read that as a kid, I, I, I had my bedroom was the basement at my parents' house. Was it Brian Lumley or Robert Lumley? Oh, I don't know. I, I think it's Brian Lumley. I think it's Brian Lumley. It may be. I think there may be. A, maybe it. Maybe there's a Robert and a Brian Lumley. Yeah. There. Maybe there's both. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Robert Lumley Re looks like an illustrator. I think it was Brian yeah, Lumley. It, it was Brian Lumley was the author, so because he had the Titus Crow series, which was based on the, the Lovecraft Cthulhu Mythos universe. Yes. So, and anyways, he, we digress. So, <laughs> um. No, the shadow over Innsmouth. So I'm reading that as a kid, and there was two. There's two stories specifically that I actually. Well, I I don't think books are usually scary, and I don't think movies are usually scary overall. I'm not afraid of them. That <laughs> just is what it is, and I don't think most people do or are. I think some people might find them frightening, but I think for the most part, people aren't actually afraid of horror literature. I could be wrong, but I did when I read Shadow over Innsmouth. There was the point. When the main character is is in this uh, room, it, like, like the, at a bed it, and breakfast, he's in the uh, like the, the little inner tavern bed yeah. and breakfast at night, and, yep. and he's stuck in that room, and he hears the jiggling at the doorknob, and and, and he and, and he and, and it's this this trapped feeling that gets that as I was laying in bed at night reading that, I was so afraid, I was scared. <laughs> The other story that I had that reaction to, and I, I think the book may have been called. There was a Clive Barker book of short stories, and he had a he had a short story about a an inmate in a prison who was stuck in there in that jail cell, and horrible things were coming to like like filling with blood and stuff like that, and he couldn't get out of his cell. And I noticed that it's that that trapped feeling of being in that locked room and in that cell. When I was reading that in my room, bedroom as a kid, I would get afraid and scared. So those did scare me. It's one of the few things in literature that I've found frightening, like truly frightening at night yeah. when you get bed. Like, oh, I'm freaked out. <laughs> like, now, do you go check your door? Do you go lock your door? What do you do, right? Oh, and that's not good locking the door because remember, I'm afraid of being stuck in here. <laughs> <laughs> 
was like, I want to go run outside in the open. <laughs> gotta gotta run away. There, I think there might be an element of like slight claustrophobia there that I may have. I've noticed that that kind of gets to me, <laughs> and I find that frightening. So. When it came to horror and getting into those, the other thing I got into in high school is they started putting out Ravenloft novels. I like that was those. from the uh, the D and D books, yep, yeah, TSR. the TSR D and D books. Yeah, yeah, I got I, I started reading some of the D and D books, but probably the D and D books that I read the most. I never picked up Dragonlance, and I never picked up um, any. Uh, I do have some of the Greyhawk that I picked up later. Uh, Rose Estes wrote, but that's a later one. But at that time. I really kind of I started reading some of those Dragonlance or not Dragonlance uh, Ravenloft novels. I got into those. I enjoyed those. Those were my favorite TSR books. They were fun sometimes. Yeah, I did enjoy Dragonlance, and I would say from the you know the horror novels, I would say like Robert E. Howard's Pigeons from Hell was pretty fighting for me when I was in junior high, and then a lot of his uh, Cthulhu Mythos short story ones were all pretty. Um, Pretty terrifying from Robert E. Howard because I picked up like a, I forget, it was a book of short stories by Robert E. Howard on the Cthulhu Mythos from a school trip up in Boston or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, like <laughs> the Blackstone, that was quite terrifying to read as well, too. So, you know, definitely good spooky stuff that's out there. Yeah. One of the things, so I'm, I'm trying to keep in mind what I was reading in high school. So high school, by the time I made it to high school, I had left Cleveland. I, I lived in the Cincinnati General in Butler County area. Uh, and I went from school to school. I, I had a lot of uh, conflicts at school, uh, we'll say, and I was kicked out of quite a few of them. <laughs> and uh, what I would do, though, is I would skip a lot. And me and my buddies used to, you know, smoke a little here and there and get a little, uh, you know, elevated, we'll say. And we'd go, <laughs> we'd go to the library. <laughs> right. And I, I read at that time I was reading. That's where I was picking up Ravenloft books. And uh, and, and we we when we got back to school, we'd usually get get in school suspension which is great we finish our work real quick in the first part of it and then i'd read a little book like i could read a ravenloft or one of those DD books sitting there for that period that day in class and i'd finish a book in there uh one of the things i did was i got into really just trashy bizarre th like i remember i picked up a, a book that was like like sherlock holmes versus dracula and read through <laughs> that and like i would just pick up the most absurd type of genre niche literature it could be uh, sci-fi was probably still my favorite genre at that time but i was starting to drift away at that point and i like high by high school i had discovered alan ginsburg and and alan ginsburg blew my mind and i was discovering science fiction that i preferred that's around the time i started picking up ray ba bradbury yeah, uh, some Arthur C. Clarke was good, but I think I was more of a Bradbury fan. And uh, I don't know if he's considered science fiction, but that's around the time I picked up Slaughterhouse Five. Has a very science fiction element to it, which is Kurt Vonnegut. And and I started drifting into that realm of fiction at that point. So uh, after high school, that kind of led me down a completely different route in literature that I was getting into, where I was getting into a lot of the beats. Um, you know, uh, all the mandatory things there and Hunter Thompson and stuff like that was a big influence. And and by that point in time, when I'm getting out of high school and starting to read, I start delving into that realm of, you know, like got Hunter Thompson, uh, the beat poets from Kerouac to uh, 
Oh, what's his name? He shot his wife. <laughs> he had uh, he had a typewriter company. His family did. And he lived in St. Louis, and he wrote Naked Lunch. Oh, uh, oh, a name. Oh, I have to Google. Uh, Naked Lunch was, uh, and I can see his face clear as day. He was in yeah. that whole He was a little uh, bit older who, than the rest of Ginsburg and them. He, uh, what was his name? Oh, Burroughs. Yeah, William S. Burroughs. William Burroughs and, 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 and one of the other writers I kind of keep lump in there as well. He's probably not justifiably in there, but was uh, Hubert Selby Jr. I was starting to get into as well. I really liked Hubert Selby Jr. at that time in my life. In retrospect, a lot of this literature I was getting into, I, 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 I had a hard time reading over time because there was... Uh, sometimes men, uh, when they write, it can be gross. <laughs> the well, way they yeah. talk about women and everything else like that. And, and the older that some of these books are, there was a period of time where it started to bother me after a while. Now, it, uh, in contrast, when I was reading Ginsburg, and it wasn't just like, I sat there and looked at her lovely boobs type of crap that some of these guys were just throwing in there. Like Vonnegut was terrible for that. <laughs> he was, it's like, it's like, he's just like putting on blast how much of a horny teenager he was at times. Yeah. And as much as I loved him when I was a horny teenager, I started growing up being like, Hey, this is some weird, awkward stuff. <laughs> but, but Ginsburg always fascinated me because he was a gay man. And I was seeing things written in the page that, that I didn't normally see. That was in contrast right. to a lot of these guys who are just obsessed on women's bodies in most of their books. And that always, I had uh, drew me in and fascinated me when I was reading some of that. And then I'm going to say that through my journey in, in reading, there's about a 20 year period where I probably only pick up a handful of science fiction fantasy books. And then there comes a period about 10 years ago, where like I need to start reading fiction again. Um, I want to rewind and hit on one that I used to get into that, that I, that I, that I skipped was Steinbeck. Steinbeck is also a dense read sometimes. <laughs> See, I find Steinbeck a very, well, it depends if you're talking grapes of wrath, it's a big book. But uh, I was definitely uh, in Dubious Battle is my favorite book of his. And, and Steinbeck is a big influence on me and in, in, across anything. Now, Steinbeck, didn't he also do a book on like the Arthurian legends as well, too? I I, if he did, I've not read that one. Uh, uh, I, I definitely he, he wrote. A lot about uh, labor issues, working class things, sure. very IWW issues. In fact, Indubious Battle has a union that could arguably be said was based on the IWW. They never, they never 100% say who it is that's organizing in the book, and it's all about right. organizing the 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 growers in the fields, the the farm workers who are picking the fruit and whatnot. Oh yeah, so he didn't write the acts of King Arthur and his noble knights. That's so why I do remember that one. He did write that. Yep. I'll have to pick that up because I love Steinbeck and I can just blow through Steinbeck's writing most of the time. Yeah. So you should, there's that one. And then obviously, you know, some of the shorts like of mice and men and such. Mm -hmm. Here's a, here's a novel. Did you ever, and this is one that when I, another one of those high school ones that I read when you're in high school, I was like blown away by it. But in retrospect, it's like, ah, what it, it is. It, certain things you have to read at a certain time, or it just ain't gonna work. Yeah, what, was uh, the old Catcher in the Rye? Did you ever read that one? Yeah, Catcher in the Rye. That 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 wasn't Steinbeck, though, wasn't it? That was no, that was uh, Salinger, was... J.D. Salinger. Yeah, 
Yeah, Catcher in the Rye, when I first read that, and that was kind of around the time I was discovering Ginsburg as well, kind of doing that. I guess there's like this sort of like very masculine realm of, of literature that kind of might be edgelordy if you go the wrong place with it. And I yeah. feel that Catcher in the Rye, Jess Salinger's there. <laughs> he is. I mean, you know, for its time, it was rebellious and different because it was, a, you know, of a young man. But like you said, reading in today's context, you'd be like, eh. Maybe he's had some incel type of a. <laughs> yeah, there probably was some heavy incelian <laughs> influences. Yeah. I, I I think that I haven't read it since I was young, and I'm glad. I, I just want to leave it there in my influences. Just like like some things like Slaughterhouse Five. When I read them when I was younger, that was the perfect time. That was the perfect time to influence it. I've I've kind of grown at this point, and things have changed, but. I guess next time, like, I want to keep on talking about books because I think that we could ramble on about our influences in our appendix in for a little bit. Uh, but we're past time again. All right. <laughs> Let's close it up. <laughs> if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find me on Facebook. You search Wobblies and Wizards. We're on there. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom and also on TikTok now at Logar Hale Crom. I'm trying to post a few little videos there showing some of the zines we're looking at and other games. We were on Patreon. We could always use the support. Patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. Right. And always support your local libraries.